0: scrambles
1: left winds rim up he's got time at the 10 to the play. Yes. to the end zone touchdown and a dagger yannis into the lane yannis spinning fading shot up God for yannis at
0: the buzzer bucks win it
1: fans, welcome to the Brewer's Trilogy podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy. The podcast for not only them diehard baseball fans, but also for those fans who enjoy cheering for a team that revolves around beer. I'm Tyler, a.k.a. T. Plush, your host for the show, and can be found on Twitter at Tyler Kurth. I am joined, as always, with my good buddy Trevor Sunshine Bender, who can be found on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. And of course, you can find all the work the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy does on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod or on Facebook, Wisconsin Sports Trilogy. We post a lot about the Bucks, Brewers, and Packers, so make sure you're checking out all those podcasts as, lo- as well as the articles that we release. So today, we are officially in the off season. We are going to talk a little bit about a couple of our favorite Brewer moments from the season. Uh, talk about some holes um, that we want the Brewers to address in the offseason, uh, specifically uh, what positions or areas. Um, we'll kind of dive into who might be available on the next week's show. Um, and then we'll take a look at what's in store for the Brewers, who has club options, who are free agents, who's in arbitration, and a few other things with that. But before we get to that, Trevor... How are you doing? Have you have you recovered from the Nationals' loss yet?
0: Um not really, but one thing that's helping me out currently is the Bears are currently losing 17 to nothing at halftime, so that's making me p- feel pretty damn good. So and that's to the Raiders, just in case you guys were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> the Bears still
1: suck. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's try and cheer you up a little bit more as well, Trevor. Do you have any favorite Brewer moments from the 2019 season that really stick out to you? So
0: even though this season, especially through the middle part of the season, was pretty hard to watch at some points, there was a lot of stretches where the Brewers couldn't figure it out, but I feel like there was a lot of great moments in this season. And the one that sticks out to me is Bronze grand slam to go up in the top of the ninth. Um, that was against the Cardinals, right? Yep. Yeah. So that was in St. Louis. And when he hit it, everyone knew and he knew especially, and it was just that moment was awesome. And to see Ryan Braun really have a pretty resurgent year, he had pretty good numbers throughout the season. He has a 285 average, um, that is more than I thought he'd be able to do, over 20 home runs. You know, if he's able to do that for the next few years, even though he's not going to be able to play because he his back's going to flare up and different things, it he's there for big moments, and he proved it this year. And that wasn't the
1: only one, but that's the one that kind of really sticks out in my mind. That's fair. I mean, he did have two grand slams in September, <laughs> one which you mentioned already. Um, but did you also forget that Tyler Saladino had two Grand Slams this year on back-to-back days? <laughs> yeah, that
0: uh, the, doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> I
0: know. Good old we lost Slamadino. one of those games for sure, but did we lose both of them?
1: No, we lost the second day. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately. Um, yeah, I mean, that was definitely a disappointing loss when you have a Grand Slam again. Um, and as long as I'm thinking about it, I w- can't remember who – Tyler Tyler Saladino hit those grand slams against. For some reason, I want to say it was the Reds, but someone's going to have to check me on that. Um, But we also lost a game this year against the Reds. If, let's see if you remember this. It was in the eleventh inning, where Christian Yelich threw a short hop to Eric Thames hitting the cutoff man, um, and Yasiel Puig was a rounding third, and Thames didn't really try to get in front of it too much, and Yelich didn't put much on the throw, and Puig walked in to score the winning run, and that's how we lost. <laughs> All right, yep, you remember I that? sure remember one?
0: that shit.
1: Ugh, yeah, that was that was nasty. But well, we did have a couple of exciting wins. I mean, we had the 18-inning game versus the Mets in early May. Ryan Braun had six hits that day, uh, the last which was a go-ahead two-RBI single to win the game, uh, longest game in Miller Park. We had that exciting 15-14 to 14 win versus the Nationals, and Hater loaded the bases and then struck out the side in the ninth. Um but the Brewers came back and had three home runs in the ninth innings, Yelich, Moose, and Braun. And just when you thought the the game was going to be over in the 14th inning, uh Kesson-Yura had a two-out air and almost let the Nationals back into it, but they did hold on. Uh, I can't recall exactly who saved that game, but that game was actually important uh, for tiebreaker purposes if we would have tied with the Nationals. Of course, we didn't, but still it meant something. Um, and then the only really, I guess, big plays that I can remember is, I can remember two walk-offs against the Cubs. The first was a Christian Yelich. it was a double. Tyler Austin reached on infield air in the ninth, and then Jelic hit a screaming liner into left, and it took a weird wicket hop off the wall, and Austin was able to score all the way from first. And then, of course, the second one was the kesson frozen rope just over the right field wall, Uh, another walk-off against the Cubs. Do you have any other uh, good favorite memories there at all, Trevor?
0: Um, I mean, you kind of took a lot of them, so I'm glad I got the Braun Grand
1: Grand Slam out of the way early. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I tend to do that from time to time. (laughs) Every time. All right. Well, I'll let you go first then on this next talking point I have. I'm curious to know um, what holes or areas do you think the Brewers need to address this offseason? So I'm going to lean towards pitching.
0: Like if I'm thinking of one area, I'm leaning towards pitching and I don't think that should be much of a shock to anyone. Um, But the biggest thing I think is deciding whether you need more bullpen help or starting pitching. But when you think about it, I think it needs to be starting pitching because at the very least you're going to have Corey Knebel, Bobby Wall coming back and hopefully those two can kind of anchor the back end or help Josh Hader anchor the back end a little bit so it can be like Wall, Knebel, Hader or Hader, Knebel, flip-flop spots, I don't really care. Um So I think you don't need a ton of help there. And there's some pitchers in the starting rotation that if you feel like they're better in the bullpen, that they could be better there. One example is Adrian Hauser. He could be extremely good in the bullpen because he proved it early on when he was in the majors, when he was just coming out of the pen. He was phenomenal. Um, And then there's guys that could make better... um, Appearances next year. Corbin Burns is one. Freddie Peralta was good at times, but he struggled at other times. If they figure out how to use them, I think they could both be extremely effective. And right now, I don't think they can be starters, but I mean, we'll see. And so that's why I'm leaning towards starters. I think they need to go out and get someone. Um, But also, I think they need to go out and keep one of those guys we traded for in Jordan Lyles because he's not going to be a number one shouldn't be a number one or number two or three on any other on a good team but as an end of the rotation guy he he just seems solid yes he had a bad year in Pittsburgh but I think bringing him back is a good idea to kind of round out the rotation have Woody for a whole year Um, there's your number one and then go get go try to get another solid number one or a very good number two to kind of complement them. And then from there, it's it feels easier to round out the rotation. So whether it's Lyles, whether you keep um, Adrian Hauser in the starting rotation, or whether Freddie Peralta figures it out and you can keep him in the starting rotation. like I feel like there's just much more options. Zach Davies could be your fifth starter, and I would feel much more confident that he being our fifth starter, Jordan Lyles, and then, you know, Woody, whoever they go out and get, and then someone needs to step up. And right now I think it's Freddie Peralta, but we'll see how that kind of pans out um, going into next season.
1: Yeah, it's pitching I think is definitely one area. Like you mentioned, we have all those internal options, and Brent Suter is another – weird one where you I, like how did i forget
0: suitor
1: <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i mean i don't know what they're gonna what their plan is for him is he gonna be a starter next year is he gonna be a, a bullpen pitcher or is he gonna be a little bit of both i mean we don't know so i think a lot of at least who the brewers are going to target this offseason is going to depend on you know what they mark these guys' roles for the start of 2020. We knew going into last year that Corbin Burns, Peralta, Woodruff, those three young guns, they were going to be starters. So Brewers felt like they didn't really need to go out and get any starting pitchers. Obviously, you mentioned Bobby Wall earlier. so We got him through a trade. Um, he's, again, unproven. Um, he had that freak ACL injury in spring training that caused him to miss this year. So it'll be interesting to see what he can bring to the table. And, yeah, if they bring back a few of these bullpen guys or they say right away, Hauser, we want you in the bullpen, then, yeah, I could easily see them going out and saying, we'll acquire a starter. I don't think, I don't know what the chances are of them getting a number one guy out there, but especially if you're putting all these more, all these strengths in your bullpen, like we were talking about, I mean, then you can just keep going with the Brewers mantra of get someone to go five innings and, hand it off to a dominant bullpen which has worked has worked for the brewers in the past um, is there anything on offense you want at all or do you have anything pitching wise
0: one more thing pitching the other thing to remember is they're putting that ridiculous rule of you have to pitch against three batters starting next season correct
1: is that official yet i'm not exactly sure
0: I I thought it was. I guess I could be wrong. But if that is in effect for the 2020 season, that's going to affect how Council uses his bullpen. Um, so that's another thing to consider. You know, guys like Alex Claudio probably aren't going to be out there. Even though he was used for more than just lefties, like you're going to have to be more effective against righties than normal because they can't just throw you out there for a string of two lefties and then bring you back and get someone else out there. So – That's another thing to keep in mind, that that some starting pitching could be nice um, in that they can make your bullpen rest a little bit more because you're not going to be able to do what Craig Council wants to do bullpen-wise.
1: Yep, that's true. And I think another rule that might be coming into play next year is they want to have 26 players on the active roster all year round, which would essentially get rid of the 40-man rosters in September. So that could play another significant factor too, especially in how Council manages the game. Uh, Offensively, what do you you think the holes are there? Well, let's just go through position by position. So
0: catcher, if we keep Yaz, there's no hole there. But if we're not able to retain him, that's going to be a hole. Manny Pena has been solid, but he's not consistent on the offensive side. But he's very good defensively, so that's a plus. But offensively he's not very good um, but we could easily take our club option on him it's pretty small 1.85 mil Um, so we could have him you're not gonna have a lot of offensive output but maybe that's not a terrible thing first base another club option if you keep Thames I don't think there's much of a hole second base no concerns for me with Keston shortstop I think as a whole, and I think at this point with Arcea not being as great as he has been defensively this past year, that might be something they look on moving from and, you know, maybe bringing up someone from the minors. I think it's a little early for Bryce Terang, but we'll see. Um, Third base, well, do they keep Moose? Because right now I don't trust Travis Shaw. Um... So those are the big questions for me because the outfield is pretty well set. There's five guys that I trust, whether it's Grisham, Yelich, Kane, Braun, Gamel, I feel like if you go out with three of those five every day, you're in pretty good position there. So the third base and the catcher are the big thing is if they keep Yaz and Moose somehow, if they're able to do that, then I don't see him any holes outside of shortstop. Um, but if they don't keep that, then I see catcher, third base, and shortstop all being offensive concerns. So I, it all depends on what they're able to do with those two players. And then if they're able to maybe make a trade with Orlando Arcia or bring up a young prospect to play shortstop instead of Arcia, um, I don't think Saladino's the answer. Maybe Spanschenberg can play shortstop. I don't, I don't know. We'll have to see what comes of that.
1: Yeah, you're right. Shortstop by far. RCA posted like the worst offensive stat line in Brewers history. <laughs> um, but yeah, the young guys is interesting. I mean, it's the game today is played by younger players, so is there really such thing as too early for Terang? I I don't know. Maybe not. Um, but yeah, Spanschenberg if the Brewers end up bringing him back, I have confidence he could in a short-term stint, but over the course of the season I I don't know. I think that you're sacrificing a lot on defense and not gaining a lot offensively by putting Spans- Spanschenberg out there. Um, but I think as a utility player, he could be well utilized next year. Um, so with that, we're going to kind of transition here into... One more thing, Tyler. You know what? I don't even care. Bring him up. Bring up Bryce Terrain.
0: And if something happens in the outfield, bring up Corey Ray. If something happens that we need a relief pitcher, bring up Zach Brown. Or, oh fuck, Trey Supak or some of those guys. Like, come on, bring them up. Who cares at this point? Like, they're not gonna they're gonna get better in the minor leagues, yes. But if, if you're not gonna know what you have with a player until something happens that they need to be up, so why not try them? Why not get them some major league experience and see what they can do? And I, I mean, like, look at this year. You bring up Keston, which. Was it early for Keston? He's still a very, very young player. Or Trent Grisham, um, after he was struggling his first few years in the minors, and this was his first year of actual production, and they bring him up this year. So maybe they do bring up those really young players like Bryce Terang, like Corey Ray, some of those guys that are top prospects in the minors. And I know throughout the offseason, Tyler and I are going to go through more of these players, so you guys have more of a feel for them. Um, But – I, I'm all in on it. Screw it. Trade Arcia, and start opening day with Bryce Tereng as, and Keston Hira as your middle infielders. Let's go.
1: <laughs> there it is. Your way too early 2020 starting lineup prediction <laughs> by Trevor. <laughs> I, I love the boldness, though. It's awesome. Because <laughs> Terrain, really, he's an exciting prospect. Um and yeah, yes, it'll be interesting to see where he, you know, where he starts next year. If you know, I'm assuming he'll get an invite to the big league camp, but we're a ways out from that yet. Um, but what the Brewers do need to do is figure out what they're going to do with all their players in the off season. So we're going to run through uh, the arbitration players, the club options, and then the free agents. So for those of you who are not familiar with arbitration, how it works is the Brewers have 13 guys this year who are eligible, and the Brewers have to reach a mutual agreement with that player on how much they want to get paid for next year's salary. If they are unable to come up with a number, they take it to a court hearing that typically... Appear, or goes on in the end of January, beginning part of february time frame, and then the court decides uh, how much they should get paid. So that's where you'll hear like, oh, the court sided with Travis Shaw getting paid so and so much money, or the court sided with the ball club and getting paid lesser amount of money is typically how it works. So we're going to go through these players one by one here, and Trevor is just going to say, A, if... He wants this player back because the Brewers could always, what they say, non-tender them and not give them a contract. And all of a sudden, yep, now the Brewers don't have to worry about them. Not their deal. Um, or, and then B, if Trevor does want them back, he's going to tell me if they he wants them back at a higher or lower value of what they made in 2018. So the first guy up is a tricky one, and that is Jimmy Nelson. He made $3.7 million last year for the Brewers. Again, he's an arbitration player. Trevor, do you want him back, and do you want him for higher or lower than that?
0: You're right. This is a tricky player Um, because just a short, what, two years ago, we were thinking of him as our number one ace-type starter, and – now it scares the shit out of me when I see him come into the game. Um, and I know injuries are con- have been a concern, and that's the reason why he kind of lost some of that with sliding back into first. Ugh, the way that happened pisses me off still. Um, I don't know. I feel like if we can get him for that lowest possible that we can get him and for jimmy nelson that would be just under three mil 2.96 so if that's the number we get it at sure but there's no way i'd go at or above where he was this past year
1: that's fair enough and trevor brought up the minimum so the player can arbitration players can lose 20 percent of their salary from year to year so yeah 2.96 is the lowest he could make um, but, yeah, I think bringing him back, I think, is what the Brewers will do. And it's just because, like Trevor said, you have that potential to be that number one guy and still, you know, we'll call it three-ish mil. That's, that's a pretty good bargain if he delivers. Second up is Hernan Perez. He made $2.5 million last year. What are your thoughts on him, Trevor? I mean,
0: he's the ultimate clubhouse glue guy. I mean, everyone loves him, and it kind of seemed like when they DFA'd him and he wasn't on the roster, they didn't seem as like free-flowing and having fun, and then he comes back, they go on a run, and everyone's having fun again. So it's tough for me to say this, but I just feel like there could be better options. So I'm going to say no, but... I wouldn't hate it if it's again less than that number.
1: Yeah, I'm with the fact, and we're just not gonna give him a contract next year. I think, I think we can spend that money elsewhere, <coughs> Spanchenberg, um, and for a lot less money, um, for basically a utility player who can play lots of different positions. So, sorry, Perez, it's it's a tough decision for me, but I'm not giving him a contract next year. But, Tyler, is he going to be able to do as good
0: of Alex Claudio impression on the mound? <laughs> That's fair. That, <laughs>
1: I don't know who would do that. <laughs> uh, next up on the list, um, we're just going to – I'm not going to ask. We're going to breeze over this one. Corey Knabel, he made 5 mil last year despite not throwing a pitch. We're just going to say he's coming back at 5 mil for argument's sake next whatever, year.
0: Whatever Whatever it takes. <laughs> Whatever it takes for him.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, Next up, Travis Shaw. He made 4.67 mil last year. The lowest he could make in 2020 is 3.7. What are you doing with him, Trevor? (laughs) This one's so hard. Um, And Keston
0: is the one that makes this really hard because... Keston being there, they don't have that. Okay, if we bring back Travis Shaw and Moose, then one of them can play at second, one of them can play at third thing because Keston is now at second. And I don't really want Keston at short, and I definitely don't want Shaw or Moose at short. So that kind of eliminates that. Um, You could throw him at first, but I don't know. Thames has been pretty damn good. I... I'm going to say no just because of his struggles, but also if they're unable to sign Moose and they need someone that could be a very viable option and for a lot less money than Moose. So I am, if Moose is signed, no, if Moose is not signed, yes.
1: Okay. I'm saying regardless what happens with Moose, Travis Shaw will be back next year. I think it'll be lower obviously because he played like crap this year. Um, but I think you have to bring him back with the, you know, with the hope that he can return to a 30 home run player. Um, you, if you say, okay, let's move on for him and go sign someone in free agency, who are you going to sign? That's going to hit 30 home runs or has the potential to for $4 million, nobody. Um, so I think that's why you bring Travis Shaw back. Uh, next up Zach Davies, he made 2.6 million this year. Thoughts?
0: Uh, whatever it takes, bring him back.
1: <laughs> That's fair. I'd assume he, he'll probably increase a little bit in his pay. Uh, Alex Claudio made 1.275. I don't know how I got that number, but 1.275 mil last year. Thoughts on him? Um, for kind of the reason I said that
0: if they bring that three batter minimum rule in, I think he's going to be less effective, so I I would walk from him and save a little bit of money. But also, if you take it that twenty percent of that, you're going to be paying him also almost nothing. So, like either way, I could go here as long as we're not paying him more than that. But I would lean towards no, but wouldn't be terribly upset if they sign him.
1: I'm leaning towards yes, and I think he's going to get a pay increase from last year. I mean, he was one of the most used bullpen pitchers in the majors, if not the most. Um, And he was relatively effective throughout most of the year. Um, Junior Guerra is up next. 2.225 mil he made last year. Uh, What are your thoughts on him? At or below, yes. Above, props not. That's fair. I I don't know if I could see uh, David Stearns not giving Junior Guerra contracts since I think he was the first uh, player he ever acquired. Um, so I, I I think he's going to be back. Um, and then still, you know, he he did fairly well as a relief pitcher. Obviously, you don't want him to be one of your go-to high-leverage guys, um, but he has the ability to do it in at least a little extent. Um, so I think he. I don't know. How, I don't think he'll get much of an increase. He'll probably stay around the same. Corey Spanchenberg is up next. He made one point two mil in twenty nineteen. Thoughts on him? If
0: we're cutting Perez, one hundred percent yes. If we're not cutting Perez, probably not. But like you said earlier, that doesn't really make sense because you can get Spanchenberg for less money. So and basically get the same results. So why keep Perez? So I would say yes.
1: Same. I agree. And I think his price tag should stay around the 1.2 mil, seeing how he spent most of the year in the minors. Um, So that shouldn't really increase his pay a whole lot. Last up, at least out of non-first-year players, his good old Tyler Saladino made 887000 last year. You give him a contract?
0: (laughs) Can these players be in the minors for the whole year? Yep. If it's 20% less, yes, because... It would be nice to have someone that you feel okay about, I mean not offensively, but at least if something happens to whatever the plan is to the major league shortstop, then at least you have someone that you feel confident that can go out and give you a week, two weeks, a month, whatever you need. he's not gonna he's gonna be in an eight hole in the batting order, but having that backup that you feel confident in, at least defensively, I think makes a lot of sense. So if we're able to get him for basically
1: his minimum allowable, I will definitely take it. Uh, I'm going to say even with his minimum, just don't even give him a contract. <laughs> I think that he'd have to keep him on the 40-man roster, and I think that spot's too valuable to keep a guy who we saw not produce at the major league level last year. So I'm I'm moving on, non-tendering him, not giving him a contract. Uh, next up, we have three guys who, or four guys, excuse me. It's their first year of arbitration, so their price tag—we don't really have a good idea of what it's going to be. Um, but first up is Brett Suter. He made five hundred and sixty-eight thousand last year, so he's obviously going to get a big pay increase. I'm assuming you're giving Suter a contract, Trevor.
0: Yep, I am. If I'm David Stearns, I'm signing on whatever line Brent Suter tells me to sign on.
1: Ditto. How about Orlando Arcia? It is his first year of arbitration, so he's gonna get a big pay increase, despite not performing offensively. You giving him a contract?
0: No. Whatever you said about Saladino, that's how I feel about Arcia.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fair. I don't know. Arcia, I've gone back and forth with. I think the Brewers have seen a lot of good shortstops leave them and then go out to be good hitters after they leave Milwaukee. Um, so I'd hate to see that happen again. So I think I would give RC a contract, but with the idea in mind of if he is not producing come the summer months, you just DFA him or look to trade him. Uh, but I'd at least give him one more shot. Uh, ben Gamble, assuming we're signing him, you like our outfield, right?
0: Yeah. I- It's tough if he's going to get a huge pay increase, but also the fact that you can have five guys out there that you feel immensely confident in if Ryan Braun goes down, which he inevitably will for whether it's 10 days, whether it's a month, he's going to be down at some point during the year. So that leaves you four. And then we saw Lorenzo Cain struggle with injuries a little bit this year. Obviously, knock on wood that he's not going to do that again, but... I feel like having that fifth outfielder that you feel comfortable with, and this needs to happen in my opinion, he needs to stay on the team because he was good coming in defensively late in games. He was good as a pinch hitter, and he was good when he needed to start. So, yes, bring him back, please.
1: Ditto. And lastly is Tyler Austin. First-year arbitration, giving him a contract? Uh, probably not. I'll Pass that's kind of what my feeling is too but then again we did trade for him so i feel like they're gonna give him one but i don't know i that one that one will be interesting to see what happens there um next we're gonna move up into club options so the brewers have their choice we got three guys first up is chase anderson we can bring him back for eight and a half million dollars next season are you picking up that club option if you're david stearns trevor
0: so on these club options, I'm gonna give you one-word answers, and my one-word answer for Chase Anderson, no.
1: How about Eric Thames? You can return him for seven and a half million. Yes. And Manny Pina, we could bring him back for one point eight five million. Yes, even regardless of Yaz's situation. Yeah, and I th- I think those are all all very easy choices. Eric Thames. I we talked about it earlier in the or later in the year earlier in the year excuse me can't talk um, that we would bring them back Um, and then I saw this uh, information on the Brewers salary so if the Brewers brought back all of the arbitration players we mentioned uh, just briefly ago their total team uh, payroll will be 124 million dollars last year we spent 121 and that was a record for the Brewers (laughs) so. I think if the Brewers want to bring back Thames, plus some of these free agents, some of those arbitration players are going to have to not get contracts. And yeah, Chase Anderson obviously doesn't make any sense. Um, but I think Eric Thames, depending on what they want to do with the free agents, um, could find himself in a sticky situation just because I believe all Brewer fans will agree they value Moose and Grandall more than Eric Thames. But we'll see with that. Lastly, we have free agents, so guys who do not have a contract. Um, Yasmani Grandal, he does have a mutual option for 16 million, which I'm assuming is likely going to be declined. Um, I did some digging around into other catcher salaries. Um, currently, Buster Posey gets paid 22 million dollars a year for the next three years. Oh, he signed that ridiculous deal in 2013. <laughs> um, poor Giants. <laughs> Russell Martin is—he signed a five-year, eighty-two million-dollar deal, um, so he's getting paid twenty million in 2020. Yadier Molina, a little division rival there, um, he signed a three-year, sixty million-dollar deal in 2018, so he's making twenty mil. Um, and then Salvador Perez for the Royals um, in 2017 signed a five-year, 52 million dollar deal. That's pretty backloaded. So he's making 11 mil next year, 14 mil in the next two years. After that, so Trevor, any thoughts on Grandal? What his contract might look like? And assuming, do you want to bring him back?
0: It would be amazing if he would just accept that, but he deserves more because at this point in their careers, he's better than Buster Posey. I hate Yadier Molina, so he's better than Yadier Molina. Um, So I would assume that he should and probably will get a pay increase around that 20 plus million a year. So I think that's going to happen. So I think he's going to decline the option, but For me, I think this is the guy you got to go get. Um, So whether that means cutting some other guys out, like those arbitration players. So if you're going to do this, maybe you have to let Perez, Shaw, Saladino, Spancherberg, and then one or two of Jimmy Nelson, Zach Davies, Junior Guerra. Maybe you have to let two of those guys go. Maybe you have to let Claudio go on top of it. But I feel like they need to get this guy back because i feel like he's the most important Um, and maybe you do keep travis shaw and you get him for his minimum of 3.7 and then you get yaz and then you let moose walk and hope that travis shaw goes back to the 2017 2018 travis shaw that we saw 30 home runs from and hope that that might be the best option offensively
1: I'd be happy with a three-year 60 million dollar deal like Molina I'd be thrilled with that but I'm assuming he's going to want at least four years 80 plus mil Um, is probably what it's going to take to get Yaz to sign Um, next up is Mike Moustakis he has another mutual option that one would be 11 million (sighs) dollars taking a look around at third baseman contracts throughout the league there's not a lot to go off of Obviously, uh, Arenado for the Rockies is getting paid a ridiculous like, $29, $30 million a year. That's not going to happen with Mike Moustakas. <laughs> um, Justin Turner uh, is getting paid $16 million a year. Marvin um, Gonzalez from the Twins is getting... Uh, he signed a two-year $21 million deal, um, which isn't too significant. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts on Moose? like i said before i think Grandall is more important at least that's what
0: i think um so if there is no possible way of keeping both i want to keep Grandall first if there's a possibility that you can keep both whether that means you keep both and you gotta let thames and chaw go i am all for that um but in all likelihood, I don't really see that happening, so I'm gonna say no, just because I feel like Grandal is more important to what the Brewers need, um, and that's because there is, it could be, and maybe more likely to be a better replacement plan behind. Um, Moustakis, then there is Grandall, so that's like my big reasoning because I do feel like Travis Shaw is ha, has to have a bounce back here, he can't be as bad as he did th- this year.
1: I would agree. I think the best case scenario would be signing Yaz for that you know $20 million ish range, and then Moose picks up the mutual option. <laughs> uh, I don't know how likely that is, but I don't know. He's he's with his California boys, he's having fun. So we'll see. We will just graze over these last couple ones here. Gio Gonzalez was for $2 million last year. you bringing him back next year, Trevor, if you can get him for that same price? Yeah. I would agree as well. Uh, Drew Pomeranz made $1.5 last year, assuming he's probably going to get a pay increase due to his performance. Um, would you like the Brewers to re-sign him? Three or less, yes. I don't know what his price tag will be. It might be closer to that three to four million dollar range, which still isn't too bad. Matt Elbers uh, made two point five mil last year. You giving Fatty Elbers a contract at all? Uh, I'll <laughs> i will pass. Ditto. I think his time <laughs> has come here in Milwaukee. And lastly, the last free agent is Jordan Lyles. He made two point oh five mil last year. What are your thoughts on him? I don't know. People might call me crazy. Six or less, yes. I don't, I don't know what the price tag on Jordan Lyles will be. I don't think it'll be too incredibly high, so I think the chances of bringing him back are pretty good. Uh, lastly, before we recap, I'll just briefly mention the Brewers do have some notable Rule 5 eligible players this year. They are Corey Ray, Lucas Ursek, Zach Brown, and there are a few others. Those of you who are not familiar with that, um, those guys have done their due diligence in the minors. They can now be technically drafted by any other ball club. They just have to be kept on their active roster for uh, it was a certain amount of time throughout the regular season. So Corey, Ray, Lucas, or Sig, Zach Brown need to be added to the 40-man roster to not be eligible. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the Brewers do there. Otherwise, next week we will talk a little bit about um, who's out there in the free agent market. Kind of dive into that a little bit, and we will go from there. But in the meantime, uh, keep checking out the website and our Twitter page, posting some offseason Brewer articles with uh, grades. We did the offense and the starting pitching already. Relief pitchers will be coming soon. Um, Packers are in full swing. Bucks first preseason game is October 7th which is tomorrow as we're recording this. So the season is, it's right there. But I have one more thing. I'm going to ruin the podcast. I don't care.
0: Um, (laughs) After Tyler said the rule five players, um, I'm going to change my mind. Let Gamble go. Let Corey Ray come up. Wow. That was bold. (laughs) Yep. Sorry. I just ruined the podcast, but Tyler had a great um, outro. So you guys should do all the things he said and definitely listen to the Bucks and the Packers
1: podcast and go Brewers. Brewers. Mike drop Corey Ray.